Welcome to the Suicide Prevention Show. We are waking up the world with the power of positivity and making suicide, especially teen suicide, a thing of the past. And our guest today is none other than Robert Riappel. And we are going on this energetic journey with him about currencies. And some of them you're familiar with, like the one called money, which is a currency. And some of them are going to help you be more vital in all of the areas of your life. So now, without further ado, Robert, please join me in the studio. How hey, are Jackie. you? Oh, you know, I was listening to your review of yesterday and I'm like, now she's taken away everything for me to talk about. Aww. What am I gonna teach? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like an awesome lineup that you had yesterday. Um, and I cannot wait to go back and start watching some of those because it sounds like you just keep bringing on the most amazing guests. And then I go, okay, why is she calling on me then to come up on, on stage as well? <laughs> oh yeah. Like you're not amazing in your own way. <laughs> well, you, you know, I'm and I, I say that in joke because isn't that the way the mind works, right? Mm. We start comparing ourselves to other people and we start going, well, they're amazing because of this and this and this. Really, who am I? Why am I? And, and I want people to know right off the bat, the reason I'm starting with this is because I don't care who you are. Everybody's mind does this at some level. It mm -hmm. will try to discount who you are. It'll try to say, no, they can't be or whatever it is. And so, you know, first thing I want your listeners to, and I hope they've been getting this because I know of the amazing people you're bringing on is understand that we're all the same. And we all have our ups, we all have our downs. Never compare yourself to someone else. Just compare yourself to you. Are you one step further today than you were yesterday? And then even if you're having a down day, just say, you know what? I'm in a space right now where I can pick myself back up. And then, but when you compare yourself to others, and this is where like social media can be such a, I love social media, but this is the side of it that frustrates me is because we see everybody's great days and they're, they're, I'm on this vacation, I'm on this beach, I'm having a time of my life. And then we compare our crap to their amazingness and wonder why we're miserable. So, you know, I just, I want to start that way just to let people know that we are all the same. And you, you, one of your guests that we had last time was Aaron Huey, a dear, dear friend, amazing, amazing man. And I love what he says. If you're ever putting someone else up on a pedestal and you're thinking like, wow, they're just an amazing, I could never be like them, picture them, sitting down, taking a dump. And that visual should put right, a real reel very quickly. <laughs> that's Aaron humor. Okay, and we're actually, I'm gonna be um, interviewing him again. So now we're gonna get into Robert humor. Which, yes, yes. Yeah, this, this is an amazing conversation because the currencies of life and your history with this is where I want to go. I want people to have a little bit of a background to where you were and how you got to where you ended up putting together the success left a clue and this whole process. So take us back, take us where. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I live in Alberta and I live in central Alberta here in Canada. And, and right. uh, our, our, we love to say our weather changes so quickly. If you don't like the weather, look out the other window, it is different. So we just finished <laughs> cold snaps where it was minus 25, minus 30, with wind chill, it was getting to minus 45, 50. Now that's Celsius for us Canadians. And Americans go, well, what is that in Fahrenheit? And I just say at minus 40, the two actually meet. Celsius and Fahrenheit, they're the same. So it's damn cold. It's just cold. Um, whereas now today, we're in the pluses and the snow's melting. <laughs> so this is, you know, this is where I live. And, and growing up in this area, my parents always taught me, Robert, when you start working, make sure you work hard and you stay loyal. If you do that for the company you're working for, they're going to take care of you. Well, Jackie, you know that's not really a reality in today's world, right? But that's what I did. And I, by the time I was 21 years of age, I worked for three different companies. And I'm going, I'm working hard. I'm staying loyal. What the heck's going on? And I learned, thank goodness, way back then, because, well, that was only a year ago because I'm only 22 now. No, people uh, don't believe that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I look back and I go, thank goodness I learned that way back then, that I learned that if I wanted any kind of control of my own success, I had to be the one at the steering wheel. 
And so from there, um, the only work I could find at the time, because your economy was in the tanks, I started delivering pizzas for Domino's Pizza. From there, I went to becoming a manager just over a year later. And from there, my wife and I ended up becoming franchisees just over a year later. Because, yeah, and, and get it, we did it with no money of our own. We bought two stores. And we did it just by having passion and learning. Key there, learning and having the passion. We had the ups, we had the downs. There was days I wanted to give up. This is not working. Thank goodness my wife wouldn't let us. You know, we just kept going for what we wanted. Um, franchisees for nine years started making pretty good money. But our mindset, our blueprint was set to spend more money than we were earning. Hmm. Do you know anybody like that, Jackie? Yeah, I've been hearing that a lot lately. You know, more money does not solve problems unless you have more management to go with. Exactly. It. Yeah. So by the time we were franchisees for eight years, um, we were now over $150,000 in debt and we we're going down quickly. And that was when we were actually introduced to personal development. Now, for years, I've been told about personal development as an example. And, and this will date me. This will date me, Jackie. My brother-in-law, he said, Robert, um, there's this guy named Tony Robbins. I just bought his cassette tape learning series. You got to listen to it. Cassette tapes. And I'm like, I'm not listening to this guy, right? But I was introduced out of necessity because of the financial position we were in to personal development. And all of a sudden that just blew open our lives. My wife and I went from a three-day weekend where we walk in $150,000 in debt stressed out beyond belief, selling one of our stores out of necessity, and that didn't help. And all of a sudden we come out of this three-day event with a whole different way of thinking. Nine months later, what do we do? We retire completely financially free at the age of 32. All right, I'm going to take mind, back. I'm going to take you back yeah. to that day when you walked into that personal development. How did you get hooked to even go to a personal development three-day? Because when you're in that place of being in debt and selling something out of necessity, you know, this is not where most people would be, rah, rah, I'm going to go, you oh, know. Exactly. And, you know, you just gave me goosebumps, bringing me back to that part, because, um, and I, I'll be very upfront with you. The only reason we went, here's how it went. Um, my wife and I, one of the reasons we were struggling financially is we weren't enjoying Domino's Pizza anymore. And I'm a big believer if I don't enjoy doing what I'm doing, I'm going to do something else. So we weren't spending as much time in the store. We thought we were still locked in, we're stressful, all that. And our minds started going, well, if we don't do Domino's Pizza, what can we do? And, you know, we've been doing this for the last eight years, plus managing, plus driving. It's been like 11 years. And all of a sudden our mind said, well, we know franchises. So why don't we do another franchise? Oh, look, there's a franchise show going on in Calgary, let's go see what other franchise we want to do. Now, the stupid part of that, Jackie, we couldn't have even thought of doing another franchise because we had no money to buy them. <laughs> see, Domino's, we earned our way into it. There was no upfront franchise fee because of their mm -hmm. system. But we went to the franchise show anyway. None of them appealed to us. We left. Two weeks later, we get an envelope. Yes, this is when they still did physical mail. And we got an envelope with a stamp on it in the mail. And it said, Thank you for visiting our booth. Here's two tickets to an amazing evening. And it's three hours long. And each ticket was worth $39. Now, thank goodness, my mindset would not let us waste $39 per ticket. So the only reason my wife and I showed up was because of that value. And your mind is so powerful, Jackie. Our mind knew what was about to happen. So we physically got sick that day. Trying to stop us, our mind made us both physically ill. And so the only reason we showed up is because there was a $39 value. After three hours, we're not feeling sick. We're high five. And this is amazing. Um, the gentleman talked about a three-day weekend and it was $600 to go. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I, even though we couldn't afford it, we went run into the back. We signed up. That was in March of 2001. In June of 2001, so three months later, is when the three-day weekend was. Oh. And this time we got even sicker, even sicker. And the only reason we drove and went to the event was to get our money back. That was it. And I was ready for a fight. I was like, I dare you to tell me I can't have a refund. So I walk in and I'm sniveling and I'm like, <laughs> I was a different person back then, Jackie. And I went in and, and the girl at the registration, her eyes are like deer in the headlight, look like, ah. and she goes, oh, give me a moment. And she called over the nicest person in the world, a woman by the name of Shelly. Shelly comes over, she knows what's going on in my mind. 
And she knew it's not going to work to fight him. So she said, look, there's nothing I can do right now, but why don't you and your wife come in? Just watch until lunch. By then I'll have the answers on how we can do a refund. And I'm like, okay, okay. I go up to the vehicle. My wife's still in the vehicle. She's feeling sick. I said, honey, we got to go in there. Different people. And so we both go sniveling our way into the event. True to her word, lunchtime comes. She comes to find us. But now we're in the energy. We're not sick anymore. She goes, oh, there you are. Um, do you want to talk about your refund? And we're like, no, get away. We're having too much fun. <laughs> and that changed our life right there. So whether you say it wasn't meant to be or it was, I believe everything happened for a reason. I know that reason's there to serve me. That was the, those two events changed our life, completely changed our life and put us on the trajectory we're on today. So what changed as far as your behavior? Because I understand mindset change. I understand changing an attitude. You know, mm -hmm. the changing behavior is another thing altogether for many yes. people. There's three elements of change. Awareness. You cannot change something if you're not even aware. Mm -hmm. So that was a big thing. All of a sudden, when it be we became aware, it was like, wow. But the second thing, Jackie, is understanding. You've got to understand why you have that behavior. Where did it come from? And some people, they're, they're afraid to go back to that, you know, and dive into that understanding because it can bring up emotions. And oh. here's what people understand is emotion, when we look at that word, emotion, E-motion, energy in motion, which means it's meant to come in and go out, come in and go out, just like breathing. But what do most people do? Because what we're taught when we're growing up, an emotion comes in, we feel it bubbling up to come back out and we're like, no, and we suppress it. And things like children should be seen and not heard. Boys don't cry. Whatever the crap is we heard as kids. So we suppress it. Now it comes up with more energy. So we suppress it even harder. And all of a sudden we're in this tug of war until it comes out in a weird way, whether through manifesting through the thoughts we have and we want to hurt ourselves, whether it starts creating disease inside of our body or it just, you know, it comes out it, when it releases, it's a, a weird release. And so it's about being willing to go through those emotions because once you express them, you take the energy off of them. So understanding where they come from. And then the third step is reconditioning yourself. That's the practical things right there. How do you on a cellular level, do you say, you know what? I like this information. I believe it can help me. I'm going to implement it. And I'm going to put it in my day-to-day -day life. So in that three-day weekend, we were, went through all three of the processes and we did such an emotional release that we are now a cleaner vessel ready to take on, truly take on new information, and new habits, creating new habits. Um, and when I tell people about how to thrive in life, the word thrive for me is actually an acronym because I love acronyms. <laughs> they help my one brain cell remember, you know, I uh, tell people I, I have only, <laughs> I only have one brain cell left and I'm doing everything I can to take care of it. And people go, well, why would you put yourself down like that? And I say, it's not. I'm reminding myself that I still have learning to do. Because the moment I think I know everything, I'm done. I'm done. And so THRIVE stands for true habits represent an individual's values and experience. Whoa, I can't and write that fast. True yeah, habits true represent. Habits okay, got an that part. And individual's got values it. and experience. Wow. Okay. Meaning, you know, you can watch someone and you can tell a lot about their life. And a difference between a true habit and a regular habit, think of like brushing your teeth. For most people, that's a true habit. You don't even think about it. You just do it. It's so subconscious. So because you've done it so many times, you don't have to sit there and go, oh, yes, up, down, up, down. <laughs> you don't have to think about it. Can you imagine <laughs> if you had to do that? Whereas a new habit is something where you do have to put the thought in. And this is what messes most people up is because adopting a habit isn't always easy. So you do have to think about it. Mm -hmm. So the key is to stick with it until it becomes such a true habit. It's now in your subconscious and it's just automatic. Uh, I love one of my favorite quotes uh, from one of my mentors book, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. Every master was once a disaster. <laughs> Right? Yes, yeah, Secrets of the Millionaire Mind. That's T. Harv Becker's book, right? That's correct. Yeah. yeah. And that quote, because 
you know, now I've, I've, I've been blessed, Jackie, to travel around the world before COVID, of course. Um, in, and I've personally trained well over half a million people in three to five day seminars. And people go, Robert, you're an amazing trainer. And I, if you would have seen me, Jackie, when I started and I first said, I want to be a trainer, people would look at me and go, you want to be a because thank goodness I was too tenacious to, you know, you've been managing pizza slingers. I mean, you've been training them, right? Right. But yeah, but, and, and exactly there, there really is no difference. However, it's learning the technique. So in the beginning, I'd be like, uh, if I'd ask a question using something called accelerated learning, you raise your hand. And so a regular habit would be that you're thinking about it'd be like, um, how many of you are ready to change your life? And you can like, it, you're, and maybe it's not taking that long, but you're actually having to think about what to do. Whereas today when I'm on stage, I'm just, my hands are moving. I'm using um, NLP. I know how to engage my audience because I don't think about it anymore. It's so ingrained, it's a true habit. And so that's a big key right there is know that you're gonna go through yuck. You're gonna go through having to do stuff to get it oh. ingrained. And we're going to look like idiots when we're learning. I mean, this is just part of the journey. I mean, the oh, yeah. And I'll tell you, from a people pleaser, a reformed people pleaser, oh, going I like through that and about looking, you. yeah, looking stupid was a big issue for me. And now it's like I thrive on looking stupid. <laughs> well, and because if you can't laugh at yourself, who can you laugh at? And, and one of my beliefs, Jackie, is there's, there's way too many serious people on this planet. Mm. Life's too short not to have fun. So if I can help someone brighten their day just by a smile or just by a little joke or, a, you know, a, a giving them a hug or whatever, it, I just, that brightens my day because life is too short not to enjoy it. And, and especially with things like coronavirus, the stress and struggle people have put extra on themselves. You know, yeah. maybe they're, they're not able to get out and socialize as much as they'd like to. Oh my goodness. How do we, you know, we, there's a, um, I've just been hearing radio ads for our area here where they're talking about, please volunteer. And, and this um, volunteer group is simply, you volunteer to reach out to people once a week just to say, hey, how are you doing? Mm. And they have a list of people that aren't getting a lot of interaction. And because that one phone call, how much of a difference could it actually make in someone's life? You never know. You never know. You never know. Yeah. So, well, and that's the whole premise behind the pure prevention movement is that yes. you will never know who, how many lives you impact or whose life you might save. And when we talk about how do you create this impact where you are positively impacting the world, impacting mm -hmm. in a positive way, no matter what it is that you're doing. So this three steps the awareness the understanding and then the reconditioning and understanding really involves being willing understanding that you have to be willing to put forth the effort to change a habit or to create a new habit yep yeah, yeah absolutely effort and will be that, required yeah and that's it that's exactly it and to going back to your one point one of the greatest i believe and it's just my opinion i want to be very clear on that my opinion is one of the greatest gifts anybody can give this planet is to just be you. Just be you. Because if you're trying to be someone else, then you're trying to change things to please someone. And when you're just being you, there's going to be some people that love you and that's great. There's going to be some people that don't like, like you and that's great. You know, if they don't, and this is true love for me. True love is when you love someone for who they are, not who you think they should be or what they can do for you. See, that's conditional love. And we, um, and I'll again, uh, um, only come from my own experience. The, when I was that people pleaser and I was trying to get people to like me, that was so stressful. My mind said I had to have everybody like me. And I don't know why, but that's where my mind was. And I, you know, today I get that was some of the biggest crap out there. You know, I would rather have and associate with people who go, yep, that's Robert. And we love him for who he is. We don't want him to change than trying to spend all my time on getting people to, you know, like me because I'm now trying to be how they think I should be. There's over 7 billion people on this planet, right? It's, and uh, you're not going to please sorry, all. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just interrupt because I want to unpack this a little bit. This whole idea of 
being me, and you said you didn't understand you know, this, we get this load of crap that says, you know, everybody has to like me. And I think this morning, actually, I got a clue into where that comes from. And the, the base it came from was a place of not feeling safe. If someone didn't like me, it didn't feel safe. Yeah. And so it was yeah. about the survival energy of I, I have to feel safe. That means everybody has to like me because if they don't like me, it doesn't feel safe. And shifting that is a habit we're talking about. I mean, you're mm-hmm. talking about thriving. If people can become aware of whether it's a safety issue and is it still a safety issue? You know, it might've been true in one moment of our lives when we were little, because let's face it, if we get abandoned when we're a baby, we die because we're not self-sufficient. Correct. If we don't challenge that belief and change it though, it can absolutely devastate our lives because we go around seeking safety rather than feeling safe. Yep, yep. And and that's it. And look, here's the thing. When it comes to safety, it comes to trust. Mm. And so many people are trying to, you know, that person's got to be trustworthy or I've got to be able to trust them. Um, And Jackie, in my experience, what I've learned, there's only one person on this planet that you have to trust. And that's the person in your body. Mm-hmm. You trust you. And it's that if something happens, and because I'm a big believer in law of attraction, let me be clear. I'm not saying put your focus on this because what you focus on will expand. You'll attract it to you. Don't go, oh, I can handle any situation. No, no, no. Don't, don't put it that way. That's a challenge to the universe to test you. Oh, but yeah. you, oh well, I got my yeah. stories about that. Yeah. So you trust that if something happens, you trust that you can get through it. And when you have that trust in yourself, that's where now, um, because look, as Aaron likes to say, the dragons will come in mm-hmm. and challenge you. And it's not that you brought it upon yourself, but it will challenge you. And so the choice that you have, because we all have choice in every part of our life, the choice you have is whether you go into the victim role and go, why did that happen to me? Or you go into the growth role of, okay, why did that happen? And you look for a lesson, you look for an experience, you look for a way that you can utilize it to better your life or other people's lives. Without the attachment, though, Jackie, of that, I've got to get the lesson instantly. See, it may take you, (laughs) right? It may take years where... It's not a simple puzzle sometimes. Yeah, and and I, I saw you get that, like, one headed clap on that because that's that's exactly what it is is and i'll use the example of when i was in retirement i took three and a half years off because i got burnt out from training around the world and i was tired and i went through health issues and um i had said i was going to take one year off it turned into three and a half years off because i did get comfortable and my health wasn't the best i went through two back surgeries in that time because i had herniated a disc not taken care of yeah and and you know typical male, not that I'm going to say all males are like this, Jackie, but when I got my first surgery done, I felt so good. I didn't listen to the doctor. Three weeks later, I re-herniated the same disc back in the hospital for a second surgery. Don't do that. Don't do that. If your doctor tells you to do something to recover, listen to them. <laughs> and so the universe was giving me little messages saying, Robert, you said you're going to train in a year. You said you're only taking a year off. It's been a year and a half. It's been a year and three quarters. And you know, you get these messages whether you call universe, God, whatever higher power you want to go by. And if you don't listen to them, it gives it to you again with a little more intensity. A- am I pretty close on that, Jackie? Yeah, just <laughs> right? a little more intensity. Yeah, and so in 2010, August 10th, 2010, all of a sudden I get a- attacked by a dog that lunged for my throat, but instead of getting my throat, it got my chin. And 160 pound, um, uh, um, oh, the name of the dog, type of dog just went out of my head. I'm an animal lover. So I was talking with the owners and they had just rehabilitated or rescued this dog. They were rehabilitating. So we hadn't been close, but then after a while, they eventually brought her close to me, a bull mastiff. And I'm petting her and there's no problem. But the moment I went to stand up, she lunged for my throat. But because I was in a standing motion to going to stand up, my chin had dropped and she got my chin, tried to drag me to the ground. And I ended up with puncture wounds under my goatee and she ripped through here on my chin. And in the first response, after going to the hospital, getting it stitched up, now, and I'm, out, I'm not in shock anymore, 
my initial response was, why the did that happen to me? And then I took a deep breath and I reframed the thinking and I went, okay, why did it happen to me? You're not talking about what caused the dog to lunge at you. You're talking about what's the message here I'm supposed to get. You got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the message that came clearly to me is something that I teach people, which is we all have a gift to give, but there's a universal principle that says that which is not utilized is eliminated. And I realized that one inch further, she would have got my jugular and me and my gift would have been gone to the world. Mm. And in that moment, Jackie, I knew I had to train again. I didn't have to train because my gift is to teach people. I didn't have to train for money because I've been financially free since I was 32 years of age. I don't have to work for money, Mm -hmm. but I had to train again or else my gift would be gone, if that makes sense. And in that moment is when I decided that, and it was two years into my retirement, I went, I'm going to train again. And and I know you're a believer in the law of attraction and all that. Within two weeks, all of a sudden, I'm getting a phone call asking if I'd come out of retirement. And it was an easy answer. It was like, yes, yes, I don't need to go through that again. And it still took a year and a half because of my back surgeries to fully come out of retirement. But that's now nine years ago, Jackie. And I, I don't care how old I get. I don't care if I'm in a wheelchair, not putting that out there. I will teach until the day I can't teach anymore because that's my gift. And when people tap into their gift and they, cause every single, I don't care who you are, you all have a gift. You all have a reason to be on this planet. And some of your toughest things that you've gone through in your life. And this is why I love doing this show with you because I know people have gone through tough times. I know people are going through tough times. And when you look at it and you say, from this, is there a people I can help from my experience? That could be one of your greatest gifts because if you've gone through a tough time, you now, I, I, can't, I can't speak to someone um, necessarily about how to prevent um, you know, suicide or recover from a suicide attempt because I've never gone through it myself. But someone has, they now have the right to tell someone because they know the mindset they were in. They know the experience. Does, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And it was the hardest thing for me to grasp when I was like, I want to be a speaker. I want to be a speaker. And yet I would look at speakers on stages. And I was actually in the audience with uh, Fly Girl. Uh, she's the first African-American female fighter pilot in the American military. And so she's, she's done her talk and she's now taking questions and it's an event about speaking. And I went to the microphone because if there's, I'm a microphone magnet. If there's a microphone, I'm attracted to it. And I was like, you know, I don't have a story. Yeah, I'm not the first anything. I'm, you know, I'm just Jackie. Right. And she asked me if I knew Lisa Nichols. Well, yeah, I knew Lisa Nichols. She was in The Secret. She wrote the book, No Matter What. I actually met her in a seminar. And she's like, well, you know, her whole story is that she's a single mom. And I went, I'm a single mom. Is that a story? I was raised by a single mom. We didn't talk about it. You know, my mama was a single mom back before. That was a socially acceptable thing to do. So it put me on the wrong side of the tracks in small towns in North Carolina growing up. So why would I talk about that? And then I realized that that was the problem I was having. I was asking the wrong question. All my single ladies, all my single ladies, all my single ladies. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Is we discount what we actually have to contribute. We discount how amazing we are. You know, my a great friend, Les Brown, maybe Brown's baby boy, Les Brown, you're going to be hungry. He says, you have greatness in you. And we do. But until we're willing to acknowledge it in ourselves, because we're so used to being focused on it and looking at all the crap in our life, mm-hmm. looking at all the crap that we don't look at the amazingness. And it's like, you know what? I got through that. I got through that. Yes, I've experienced that. So And if I can help someone, because I went through pain. So if I can help someone get through that better than I did with a little less pain than I did, win, that's the key, right? 
a little more grace would be nice. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the other thing is that gets in the way is that back to that people pleasing, if people don't like me, it's not safe, is this idea that if you got to know me, you would leave me. You know, oh it's this God. self. Yes. Yeah. And now I'm sort of like, if you get to know me and you leave me, that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, you still have to get to know me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I made it my life's work when I took on the mission with the Teen Suicide Prevention Society to help people get to know, like, and trust themselves. Yes. And that's the cornerstone of what I'm doing now is just that one piece of the journey to get to know, like, and trust yourself enough that you're willing to let people get to know you. That's like, oh, there's a prerequisite. Before I'm willing to let somebody get to know me, it would be good if I got to know myself, maybe liked myself and trusted myself. Yep. Then I can let people get to know me. But this journey to to do what I'm doing now was predicated on that one, one exercise that I created. And I can tell you, I created it Christmas of 2019 because I was visiting my daughter, Katie, and I sat down with one of my notebooks and I just like writing, writing. I'm like, what am I writing? I don't know what I'm writing. And when I was done, I was like, oh, that looks like a cool exercise. And I asked my daughter, hey, can I run this by you, Katie? And, and so she did the exercise. She thought it was cool. I turned it into part of a training program. And it was all based on just that one moment of clarity where it was, if I don't know, like, and trust myself, how can anybody else possibly get to know, like, and trust me? And I was doing sales training, helping people, you know, people have to know, like, and trust you before they'll buy from you. And I'm like, uh, but we're missing a piece here. (laughs) There's a prerequisite that nobody talks about, or at least not outside of this personal training language. Yes. So because Jackie, that's, that's ego. Oh my goodness. If you know and trust and like yourself, that's ego. No, no, that's confidence, not arrogance. And yes, there are arrogant people out there, but mm-hmm. understand that too was a defensive mechanism from what they went through when they were growing up on how mm-hmm. they were taught or felt they had to cope. And so when you understand, and this is, it, look, I, I'm never going to profess to be brilliant. I'm just going to tell you, I've lived some life and I've taken the lessons that I get and I reteach them to people. And one of the biggest lessons for me was that, you know, if we are all on our journey and what we've experience in the past has made us who we are today and when you understand if you see someone who's like arrogant you're going oh my god look at that arrogant ignorant person first of all let's talk about the law of projection you could never see that in them unless somewhere in yourself you believed you were arrogant you were um you know just a jerk and that comes from your programming and once you identify that and understand why it's triggering you then you might have a little compassion to say, wow, what must they have gone through to have to feel they have to be in that space to live their life? Mm-hmm. And that's where compassion comes in. Um, you know, for me, one of the greatest gifts I received was traveling, going from when I became a trainer, up until becoming a trainer, I'd never traveled outside of North America. I'd maybe gone to a Caribbean cruise, you know? So that was my exposure outside of North America, <laughs> <laughs> right? And, and, I live in a very multicultural country, but I live in an area where, you know, redneck, you know what a redneck is, right, Jackie? Oh, yeah, pickup trucks. Yeah, and so it's like, if you're not like us, there's something wrong with you. And a running joke was, I'm not um, prejudiced or racist. I hate them all equally. This was what I grew up in. And so I still, even though I was learning and and, um, saying, no, that's not the way I am, in the back of my mind, there's still a little bit of that. The moment I started traveling around the world, I started to see cultures. I started to experience cultures. And I became a much more tolerant person because I, I remember the first time I'm in India. And when I go to a country for the first time, I like to go and just hop on a public transport or go walking just to experience the culture before anybody knows who I am. And I have, so I have peace and quiet. And so I'm walking from my hotel and I'm just walking down the street and I noticed that I'm going, 
it, it was in Mumbai. They had just finished a huge, like weeks earlier, they had had major flooding, six foot high water, uh, something that would have shut down a North American city for months. I thought my event was going to be canceled. Here it is only a couple weeks later, but they're back up and running. And I'm like, dang, right? So I'm walking around and I'm seeing it is just filthy. It is dirty, Jackie. It's dirty. And I noticed I started going into judgment. Look how dirty it is here. How could people live like this? And it took me a couple moments to go, whoa, stop. Okay, time to change those lenses. Why are you looking for why it's dirty and comparing it to where you live? Let's start looking for what's beautiful in this place. Because that's one of the things I do now is I'm constantly, and sometimes I physically will go like this, you know, to, as, a, as an anchor to get rid of the lenses and put new ones on. And I look at, and I started looking for the beauty. And all of a sudden I started to notice the first thing that jumped out at me, because it's packed. You're talking when you've got in a, Mumbai, the population of Mumbai and area is the population of all of Canada. And that's in one city. Yeah. And so there's people all over the place. And I started looking and all of a sudden I'm like, look at all the smiles. Mm -hmm. Look at how happy people are. They have less than what I have. They have less than what a lot of people have in, in any other part of the world. But look how happy they are. And I started coming from that observation of looking at the happiness. And mm -hmm. I went, wow, if they're finding happiness. So maybe it's dirtier than I'm used to. But I know people who have everything that are nowhere near that happy. And I'm like, so I, I learned, started learning this compassion, this tolerance that just took my life to a whole new level. Because now when I interact with people, there's no judgment. I wanna truly get to know them. I wanna to get to know another people, oh, that culture, they are um, always like this. I'm like, great, that's your observation. That's not my experience. Yeah. From their culture, that may be, that's normal to them. Mm -hmm. So why is it good or bad or right or wrong? Just because it's different. And so when you come from that space, now you can truly get to know people. And Because if you can't see yourself for who you are and accept yourself for who you are, you'll never accept anybody else for who they are. And when you're putting that energy out, now you think about what causes people to have low self-esteem. Mm -hmm. It's because they have people all around them so just with their energy um, implanting that negative energy onto them. And now they're feeling judged. They're getting subconscious. Why are people looking at me longer than I, they, you know, they only looked at me for a second, but it should only have been half a second. And our mind comes up with all this weird things. <laughs> that is a very polite way of saying that. Yeah, our <laughs> mind comes up with some real weird things. Yeah. And, and it's just, so when you, when you learn to love you for you, mm. and it's like, I came to the stage of, if someone doesn't like me for who I am, yeah. and I don't know if I, I didn't say the full word, but it, I, I have that attitude because look at how much time I wasted in my life trying to get people to like me. Whereas now when I'm just me, the people that are attracted to my energy and I, my mind then goes, why do these people like me? Right? Cause now your mind's going, Oh, if I can't get them on, he's got to please them. Then I got to get them to doubt why people actually like him. It's a battle that's always going on. And that's why it's so important to surround yourself with growth-minded people. People that are there who love you for who you are and are willing to, and this is the difference between a like-minded and a growth-minded. Like-minded people, it's like friend, best friend. A friend will tell you what you want to hear. Mm -hmm. A best friend will tell you what you need to hear. They're the people that all of a sudden might go, um, Jackie, something's off here. What's going on in your life? And your mind will go, nothing. And a friend would stop there and go, okay, everything's great. <laughs> a best friend will go, no, cut the shit. What's going on? I've noticed a change. Let's have a conversation. Mm -hmm. Those are the people I choose to have in my life today. Is it always fun? Is it always easy? No. Do I put up resistance? Hell yeah. But if I didn't have them in my life, I would be back into my own head, coming up with my own crap, creating scenarios. The, you know, um, how did, who, who said it that? I've, Thomas Jefferson, I think, or, or um, Edison. I've had thousands and thousands of problems in my life. No, Mark Twain. I've had thousands and thousands of problems in my life, most of which have never actually happened. Yeah. 
See, our mind creates all these what-if scenarios. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and and, and it's interesting that this is not where our last topic was when I was on your show last time, but it's where it's gone today. This is where it went today. And now we do want to give people the four currencies because that was part of the promise of the session. So let's let's get there. Let's go. Yeah. First currency is um, money. Okay. Currency everybody knows. Now, money, too much money is called affluenza. Too little (laughs) money is called poverty. And when you have affluenza, you know you're, you have too much money in your life because you start doing stupid things with it. You start doing crazy things with money just because you can. Um, and, you know, like as an example, there was a, someone in um, United Arab Emirates, uh, Prince, when the A380 airplanes came out, the double-decker airplanes, he decided to spend over a billion dollars, buy one for his own private party plane, and he spent over $100 million just renovated into being the party space he wanted to be. That's crazy stuff. Okay, so too much money and people I've found in my um, research is you're going to find a range. You're going to know when you have too much money because people go, oh, millions and millions. I need millions. Not everybody does. For me, I like having enough money that allows me to have the life I like. Mm -hmm. If I start going for too much, I do stupid things. So I don't need millions. I have a range where I get stressed if I don't have enough. I get stressed if I have too much. And so everybody has their own range. When you just by it watching, you'll kind of get to know where you're at. Some people, they're comfortable, you know, $80,000 a year. That is like my sweet spot. Perfect. So currency is one of the currencies or money is one of the currencies. Second currency is something that every single human being on this planet has the exact same amount of in a day. Time. Uh-oh. Yeah, I was going to say, I knew where you were going with that one. Yeah. If, if too much time on your hands, it's called boredom. I cannot believe when COVID started, how many people were going, I'm bored. And I'm like, I'm busier now than when I was doing, you know, when I was flying around the world. So too much time is boredom. Too little time is uh, stress. And so you got to understand that we all have the same 24 hours. The question is, is, what do you do with it? And there's things like each day, there's things that I take time for me. It might be five minutes. Mm-hmm. It might be 20 minutes reading a book. I might just sit down and, and listen to an app that I um, love, which is called Calm, to calm my mind. I listen to the sound of rain. And it takes, I'll listen for 20 minutes because it takes about 10, 11 minutes for my mind to start quieting down. And then I get into that space of being present. And that, that's one of the ways I take care of me. Mm-hmm. So time is what are you doing with it? Third currency is called fame. Fame. Really? And okay. Yeah, because with fame, You've seen what fame does to people. And so it's about how everybody wants their 15 minutes of fame. And you look at it, and, and I'm going to recommend people. One of my favorite songs right now is by Sean Mendez. He wrote the song, and Justin Bieber, called Monster. Mm. You know, it's all about their journeys being put up on pedestals. And what if I trip? What if I fall? Does that mean I'm the monster? And it's about, their, you know, if you look at, and I love watching people's journeys, whether you like him or you don't like his music, Justin Bieber to me is an inspiration when you look at his story. 15 years of age, he gets thrown onto the, he gets put on this pedestal. And yeah, he did some crazy stuff. He went through his stages because also in, in one year, as an example, he, he came in second as the highest, um, second highest earning uh, um, entertainer that year behind Um, Taylor Swift, he had only made $88 million that year compared to Mm -hmm. her 93. Mm -hmm. Now, 88 million to an 18 year old, the pressures, what people don't get is the pressures put on to these people because it's not just them. They're responsible for feeding families to do what they do. Mm -hmm. And so his deepest songs today are the, um, my favorite music of his is the ones he's written in the last couple of years because it's about his journey. It's about what he's gone through. And we'll touch on that in a moment. So too much fame can really impact life. Too little fame, you know, that's where people, they then strive and want more and want more. And I love uh, an interview that was done a few years ago with Jennifer Lopez. Someone asked her, they said, Jennifer, how do you handle your fame? And she said, easy. When I'm on stage or I'm on a movie set, I'm Jennifer Lopez. Or I'm sorry, I'm J-Lo, I'm J-Lo. That's my persona. When I'm home with family, I'm Jennifer Lopez. And see, that really impacted me because I'm all around the world. I got people waiting on me, hand and foot, taking care of everything. And so when I'm out being 
I'm a trainer. I'm Robert Raymond Riopel. Mm -hmm. That's my brand. That's who I am. But when I come home, I'm Robert. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I have a little um, trick to help me get grounded. I'll come home from a couple of weeks overseas and she'll say, honey, you're back home. You don't have any servants anymore. Go take out the garbage. And it's our <laughs> running joke because it grounds me. Yeah. It grounds me because I'm no better than anybody else, Jackie. And so how do you, how do you handle your fame? This is where having great people around you again. I have one friend, every time we're, every Sunday that we're in the city together, we go and have coffee. Because if I start getting too into my ego, he says, uh, Robert, you're going there again. Come back to the real world. And it's a great reminder, right? Mm -hmm. Then the fourth currency is the one that I'm really big on that I'm putting a lot of my energy into. It's experience. The, the currency of experiencing life. Ah. So many people are just, surviving existing they're not experiencing like right now jackie you and i are talking i'm in my current office i'm standing up so i can have my energy i'm experiencing that yeah that see i started doing my trainings where i'm sitting in a seat and because i'm a highly energetic person sitting in my seat even though i was, could do good it just wasn't the same so i changed my environment to allow me to experience the energy like i'm on stage in front of an audience and so I can have that. I'm experiencing that right now. I'm standing on carpet. I'm, my feet are sore, but I'm not going to sit down. You know, I, see, I'm experiencing what I'm in, in the moment. And so when it comes to that, I'm a big believer in vision boards, putting together vision boards. And if you have, like, a, a, say on your vision board, you might have a Lamborghini. Then the question is, how do you know you want that car? Well, I've seen it. Okay, have you actually gone and ridden in one? driven one and not yet. The experience of it that's right so go and find a way to experience and so a coaching um a friend of mine had a coaching client and he's and they had on their vision board lamborghini he said i want you to go and experience it and the guy said okay this week i'm gonna find one to rent or a way of riding one test drive whatever they get on their next call and he says so he goes um i'm not i don't want a lamborghini anymore he <laughs> says i'm a six foot two guy getting in and out of that damn thing that was hard. That was I love the speed in that. He said, but I can't picture getting in and out. And until he had experienced it, he only thought it's what he wanted. And how many people do that? I want wealth. I want that beautiful home. I want the fame. But until they experience it in some way, um, when I was 16, and I'll kind of tie it into this, Jackie, is um, I was going to be an officer in the Navy. Mm. And I had a scholarship to the Canadian Armed Forces um, University, and it meant I'd go through university and then I had to commit seven years to being in the Navy. And I, the reason I was thinking about this and going for this because I was in a, an organization called Sea Cadets from mm. age 12 to 19. Mm. And at the age of 16, I was given the opportunity to spend three months on board a Canadian Armed Forces ship doing a full three-month tour of duty. And so I went onto the ship. There was six of us in total that were cadets. And we had to do everything on the ship. We went through every position, bosun, helmsman, cook, everything, um, you know, working in the boiler room, everything. The moment I stepped off that um, ship, I went, I do not want to be an officer in the Navy. Because I looked at the experience of it and went, that's not the life I want. But had I not, I would have gone in. I would have been going through it. I probably would have resented it. I probably would have had a totally different life because I was now, you know, seven years commitment minimum. Yeah, but I've got comfortable in that and then stayed with it just because I got comfortable. You know, it, it, there's, I look at the whole different direction my life could have gone. But the fact that I experienced it at the age of 16 went, Robert, that's not what you want. It's not what so you want. Let's wind this up because we've got the fourth, we've got money and too much is affluenza, too little is poverty, time, too much is boredom, too little is stress, fame, too much is the monster and too little is this constant striving for recognition. Yep. And then we've got experience. What's too much and too little in this one? No such thing on actually on any of them. Because here's the thing. You've got to go through what you go through to create your life. I was listening to someone on Clubhouse the other day that said, you know, and he was a famous rapper and a famous, he had promoted a lot. And he said, I found out 100 million was my top. And then he went into the whole thing about, ladies and gentlemen, money isn't going to solve your problems. You don't need to go for money and all this. And, and people are like, oh my God, this is amazing. And I'm thinking, but people are going to go on their own journey. 
So yes, your journey, you realized hundred million and you're only at 40 million now. And so you're comfortable at 40 million. That's your currency of money. But um, yeah. you, how, how can you put it on other people that because you think too much money is not a good thing. Now you're trying to put that onto them. They're going to go on their journey. And maybe they're too journey. much is 200 million. That's right. Or, or they're, they may go, no, I, I you know, they may find that, yeah, 100,000 is my sweet zone. But until they experience it themselves, if mm -hmm. they hold themselves from growing because someone else said, this is a bad thing, we do they that. don't truly live life. Yeah. We do that. That's why I love this conversation with you, Robert, because it is the limits that we put on ourselves that matter for two reasons. One, we're the only one really putting limits on ourselves. So they're all limits we put on ourselves. And two, the good news is we can change them because they're ours. We put them there. Yes. yes. <laughs> and again, it comes back to some of the hardest things you go through. Oh. Maybe some of the greatest gifts you now can give the world. Absolutely. But if you haven't experienced them, how are you going to know? Well, there we it's go. It's like living mm -hmm. the Truman Show, living in the bubble, not knowing what's really <laughs> out there because that's what's been created for you. All right. So before I forget, anybody wants more of you, you're giving them your book. And I am so incredibly grateful. It's the, the Success Left a Clue ebook. And so the link is in the chat for everybody. If you're watching this on the recording, it's in the show notes. So Robert, this has just been delightful. I cannot thank you enough for making time to be on the show today. My pleasure. Thank My you. pleasure. All right. You and get one sentence. Doing... What's the one thing you want them to know? Live life to the fullest and have fun. There we go. That's the words for today. Live life to the fullest and have fun.